0: This is Rachel McElroy. Hey,
1: this is Griffin McElroy. And
0: this is wonderful.
1: Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. And I'm here with Rachel McElroy, (laughs) and this is wonderful. Hey. 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 A little late, a little late. Oops, but y'all know, y'all already know how it is. (laughs) Y'all know how it is. Yeah. It's it's fun in in a way, isn't it? It is fun. It's like, we're like your fun aunt. Who swings by, you know, 20, twenty hours late for the family, you know, <laughs> holiday gathering. And everyone left a lot. Twenty hours is such a long
0: time. Yeah, you've put the food away, you're you've changed out of your party clothes. Here right. we are. Here, here we, we are. And here we are.
1: <laughs> drunk.
0: <laughs> no.
1: Um yeah, sorry. It's but, I mean any number of things. Yeah. There was illness there was a covid <laughs> scare it was uh, birthday there was a big beautiful birthday
0: there was cat illness
1: there was cat illness what got in there not our, ours yeah. we don't have one but yeah our we,
0: our child's caregiver while yes, we work had a cat illness a cat
1: illness it's it's been a it's been a, a really wild one when you put it down on paper like that <laughs> no? but uh we're here we're here we're, we're ready we're ready and yeah. we're it's i'm psyched out of my gourd for this one do you have a small wonder
0: i do and it is not at all small but i will say the appropriate amount of fanfare that griffin provided for my 40th birthday this week
1: lordy lordy look who's 40 and i'm gonna say rocking it
0: oh thanks
1: absolutely smoking. Oh, over there.
0: And
1: <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I had I also had a good time on the 40th birthday celebration. Yes, yeah, that, that,
0: that is through. true. That is true. I, I was whisked away on a on an adventure uh with many components and Griffin yes. participated with me all along the way. Uh and and I feel like you have figured out the thing that nobody else has figured out, which is when celebrating or purchasing gifts for me. Just do things that I wouldn't do for myself. Yeah. That's like 100% the right call. Which fortunately for me
1: as your partner encompasses a great deal (laughs) of things. Um, You have a very, you have a Spartan lifestyle. Yeah.
0: If if you cannot purchase it at a discount, it is likely that I have not consumed it.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, No, we had a very, we had a very good time. I'm going to say, what am I going to say? Oh, there's a new Kirby game out. I've been playing with Henry. I'm going to say just in general, Henry's been playing games with me more lately. Uh, yeah. And it's cool. It's yeah. very cool. He gets very frustrated. Yeah. I feel like we're still trying to find like that right game.
0: Yeah, uh, we tried dipping into
1: Minecraft, but that's like the anything in like first or third person where you have to look with one stick and move with another yeah. is like out of the question. Yeah, so Minecraft is a little bit too too heavy. But that uh... new Kirby game is, hits and the that's sweet the spot.
0: thing, right? Like most games aren't designed for his age group, Mm-mm. and if they are, they're blatantly educational, which is just not going to work. Newsfest, <laughs> yeah. Or
1: sadly, he does enjoy a certain category of uh, like ipad or ios game that i could just sort of call a if you don't want to wait pay me ten dollars game and that sucks because uh it's having to explain to him like no son we can't buy that robot dragon because that costs 30 fucking real world dollars (laughs) uh and the disappointment on his face every time is uh is is a tough pill to swallow
0: oh you made me think of another small wonder boy can i just drop it yeah Uh, When Griffin talked about graphic novels, our friends at First Second sent us a huge box.
1: A big box.
0: Of all of the various... Graphic novels they have published for a younger audience. Yes, and it it was incredible. Been
1: reading Mighty Jack. That series gets a little intense for our five year old. We might have to circle back on that, but I yeah. liked it. Investigators has been very very funny. Yeah. There's a character in there that is a, a neurosurgeon who turns into a news helicopter whenever newsworthy <laughs> stuff happens. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> uh, yes, thank you, thank you for for those mini books. Uh, for for a second um hey you go first this week i do let's do let's hear what you got
0: okay no kidding oh. no
1: keep going
0: no I'll finish the song <laughs> See, it keeps going to the 76 trombones yeah that is what that was. i was trying
1: to tell what it was you're not even like a musical theater fan
0: no <laughs> it's not really the jazzy poetry corner vibe i wanted but yes we are going to the poetry corner
1: yeah i uh, can't wait it's been it feels like it's been ages
0: I don't think it has. No,
1: it has I feel hasn't. like I've, been like I've really weeks.
0: been hitting that corner a lot more lately. Maybe
1: it's just because this episode's
0: late. That's possible. Uh, the poet I wanted to talk about is Denise Duhamel. Oh, yeah. You heard her? Oh, dang. she's She's been in the game for a while, so I thought there was a chance. I, I've heard of Josh Duhamel. Is that? It's spelled similarly, so maybe that's how she pronounces her last name. Unfortunately, I did not look into that. Okay. It's tough. N- names are
1: tricky. Names, you know, <laughs>
0: they are. Okay, uh, born Rhode Island, nineteen sixty one, has been publishing books of poetry pretty much nonstop. Her most recent one came out in twenty twenty one called Second Story, uh, and she's the best. She's just the best. Um, in what metric? Using what metric? She, she's another one of those poets who intentionally makes her poems accessible. Okay. And about like real life circumstances. Um, and I just, I feel like she's a great point of entry for people who maybe have poetic inclinations, but yeah. uh, are a little intimidated. Right. Um, she did this great interview uh, in 2021 uh, with the Adroit Journal. Uh, And she talked about just kind of this desire to be published when you are younger um, and just trying to write poems for particular magazines. So like looking at the magazine, seeing what kind of stuff they publish, and then just trying to like ape that in your own submission. Okay. And so she said in this interview – there was a joke in the early 1990s that if you wanted to be published in The New Yorker, that your poem needed to contain a dead father, a bird bath, and something else I can't remember, <laughs> which I thought was great. <laughs> um, and then she goes on to say, uh, one of the things I really tried to focus on was clarity and voice. I was always committed to being accessible. So when my poems were a muddled abstract mess, I translated them into Frank O'Hara speak. I always tried to say something that a general audience, not only poetry nerds like myself, would get. Uh, Frank O'Hara is actually a poet that I have mentioned on Wonderful Yeah, I was going to say,
1: don't understand that reference, but...
0: There was a w- dismissive way, I think I mentioned it on the show, of talking about his poetry as I do this, I do that poems. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I just, I think... It, to me, it's very similar to the the way that comic actors talk about comedy and how kind of underappreciated it is by the, like, awards community. Yeah. Of just suggesting, like, sometimes it is harder to do the thing that looks easy. Yeah, of course. And I feel like uh, Denise Duhamel is another one of those poets who, who makes it look easy. And so I wanted to read one of her poems. Please. Uh, so this is Ego. Uh, it was in her book, Queen for a Day, uh, which came out in 2001. I just didn't get it, even with the teacher holding an orange, the earth, in one hand, and a lemon, the moon, in the other, and her favorite student, the sun, standing behind her with a flashlight. I just couldn't grasp it, the whole citrus universe, these bumpy planets revolving so slowly, no one could even see themselves moving. I used to think if I could only concentrate hard enough, I could be the one person to feel what no one else could, sense a small tug from the ground, a sky shift, the earth changing gears. Even though I was only one mini speck on a speck, even though I was merely a pinprick in one goosebump on the orange, I was sure then I was the most specially perceptive, perceptively sensitive." I was sure then my mother was the only mother to snap, the world doesn't revolve around you. The earth was fragile and mostly water, just the way the orange was mostly water if you peeled it, just the way I was mostly water if you peeled me. Looking back on that third grade science demonstration, I can understand why some people gave up on fame or religion or cures, especially people who have an understanding of the excruciating crawl of the world, who have a well-developed sense of spatial reasoning, and the tinniness that it is to be one of us. But not me. Even now, I wouldn't mind being God, the force who spins the planet the way I spin a globe, a basketball, a yo-yo. I wouldn't mind being that teacher who chooses the fruit or that favorite kid who gives the moon its glow.
1: That's good.
0: Gu- <laughs> Thank you.
1: We never very rarely on the poetry corner does something earn snaps but that was a good that was a good poem
0: i'm glad you stuck with me i I realized as i was reading i was like oh this one's kind of long for the poetry corner oh i liked
1: it though i liked it so much there was i don't know if this speaks to the accessibility of it but there was like a, a, a a almost a pattern to it that Uh, I felt like I could almost predict what the next line was going to be, mm -hmm. Uh, like the playfulness of it. I was like, well, humans are also mostly made of water. I wondered.
0: (laughs) She did it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I love. I mean, it's such a great way to construct a poem, right? Like you root somebody. Or the reader in this very strong image of like somebody standing in a classroom holding up fruit, you know, and like moving it around and trying to explain how the solar system works. And it's like you're in that image and then you're just like taken somewhere else and then you're taken back to where you were before at the end of the poem.
1: And it's so relatable, like learning about the scale of existence is like a tough thing to kind of wrap your mind around, especially when you're a kid. Uh, and to sort of, I don't know, reminisce about that is, is, is very powerful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this idea, like when you find out that the planets are rotating and that the earth is moving and this sense of like, how do I not like, how, how does everything feel completely still? But that is true. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So I, anyway, I, uh, Denise Duhamel, I'm really. she's incredible she's still teaching an mfa program uh in florida at florida international university uh which is always crazy to me too like to me that would be the biggest reason to pursue an mfa is that these like famous poets whose poems you've read like you can just go like sit in a room with them like multiple days a week for like a semester um yeah, very cool. Yeah, just just very cool, and and she has written just tons of books. And if you like that poem, you'd probably like all of her poems.
1: I bet I would.
0: Mm-hmm. Can I steal your way? Yes.
1: It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis a vis website design
0: To get 50% off,
1: got a couple of stromboli boys here. And the first <laughs> one is for Alex TJ, and it is from Katie, who says Hi, Sunshine. I'm so lucky to love someone as kind, funny, and handsome as you for the past three years. Thank you for being the griffin to my Rachel and making my life wonderful. I can't wait until long distance is behind us and to make a life together full of cute pets. I love you mostest. It's immortalized in a podcast now. So, ha! love your angel that is delightful i love the idea of there being a griffin to a rachel
0: yeah know. what does that mean to you <laughs>
1: um hmm just somebody who always will order chips and guacamole yeah if it is available on the menu that's true. even when it's not requested by your partner mm-hmm. just like knowing that chips and guac are gonna be there when you need it uh-huh. it's so helpful don't mm-hmm. you think yeah you've never said that about me but <laughs> i know you think it no
0: i like that i don't i don't have to say hey griff will you order an appetizer with this meal like griffin will always order always an gonna get so, you there yeah. you want to hear the next one? Oh yeah this message is for molly it is from alfredo to my wonderful fiance molly I am lucky to have you as a loving partner and am so proud of us achieving the millennial dream of buying a friggin' house. I look forward to making memories with you and our grumble bug of a cat in a place we can call our own. To many more years of happiness and surviving the stress of wedding planning, love, Fredo. Oh,
1: the joys of homeownership. Yeah. Yeah. You're very, you're obviously very fortunate in this climate, but one day that (laughs) shower gets fucked up and it's like,
0: oh no, what do we do? Do you remember that feeling though of buying the house and you're like, this thing is mine. This This is the biggest thing I have ever bought and it is mine.
1: And it's all good. Let me go take a shower. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck?
0: Hi, I'm Biz, host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back.
1: And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars. So now he's reading our car manual. We have... I...
0: I, So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes, there will be swears. Hey there, beautiful
1: people. I'm Travell Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We are the hosts of Fantai, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives. The things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive? question mark, oh aspects of gentrification, we get into that, too. Every single Thursday, you can check us out at MaximumFun.org. Listen, you know you want it, honey, so come on and get it. <laughs> Period. I can't wait to talk about my thing with you. Okay. Because I just know you're going to have a lot to say about it as well. My thing this week is bluey. Oh. No. I'm talking about Bluey. This show's a miracle. I can't believe I get to be alive at the same time that Bluey is being aired on, on television. I
0: feel like, it's to me, I forget that there are people that probably don't know about that show. There are probably many people
1: who don't know about that show.
0: Because we have a lot of people in our lives that have children, are the age of our children. And so we just assume kind of like Bluey is, Bluey is something that everybody knows, but that's yeah. probably not that's true. That's probably not
1: true. I would imagine that a lot of people know about it just through osmosis. Like there's lots of Bluey toys and clothes and stuff like that. Uh, but if you're not aware, Bluey is an Australian animated series about a family of dogs who love each other very much. And in every episode... Participates in some sort of like wild imaginative play,
0: and episodes are super short too
1: right so episodes are only seven minutes long, and there's there 's uh fifty two episodes in each season that 's been ordered there have been two seasons so far, and they 're working on a third one so right now there 's over a hundred episodes of of, of Bluey. And so it's very easy to just turn Bluey on and then watch 30 episodes of Bluey.
0: Yeah, I always treat it as this kind of like sneaky thing. I try and get it on early in the morning. And then I, I hope that I can keep it on as long as possible. Um, because it's, it's maybe my favorite children's program oh, right now. Oh, for sure. And... And I feel like Henry knows that we like it maybe more than he does. And at some point he usually realizes, like, hey, wait a
1: minute. Yeah, Spider-Man's <laughs> not in this one. Um, so it's a it's a family of four dogs. There's uh mom and dad. There's uh the six year old Bluey and her four year old sister Bingo. And they play usually just like role-playing mundane like interactions that adults go through like every day like yeah uh, yeah
0: sometimes though they're like pirates or mermaids sometimes they're
1: pirates or mermaids sometimes they're adventurers exploring uh their dad's big blue stomach uh and going on adventures in have you seen that one where they're like hand puppets and they're just exploring the world i don't think so oh man it's so good uh and and all the characters in this world are are dogs of some sort. Uh, the show takes place in basically this subtropical utopia loosely based on Brisbane. Uh, and the show is like very Australian through and through. There's a lot of sort of like, you know, sheepdog breeds and things like that. But then, you know, in one episode, they'll go to a billabong or have a wombat encounter. Um <laughs> And it's it's there are so many like very special things about the show that are kind of difficult to summarize. In fact, the creator of the show is a guy named Joe Brum, who has two daughters. And so the show is is loosely based on his experience, like raising them uh, and the kind of thing that they resonate with, which is this like super imaginative play, uh, which is true of, you know. All kids, and he has talked about how it was a difficult show to kind of pitch, not because it's a particularly like you know high concept television program, but rather like the opposite, yeah, because it's just about a family who plays games
0: together, yeah, well, the thing I think that I talk about with Griffin sometimes is this concept of like playing with your children on their level is relatively new. Yeah. I feel like our parents' generation was maybe the first generation that kind of dipped their toe in that. Yes. Uh, And then I feel like that's like a tremendous pressure. I feel like people in our generation kind of put on themselves. Mm. Uh, And so I have like interacted with people who uh ...are made uncomfortable by Bluey because it sets this expectation that you are, like, always going to be down to, like, go on a on a big, long fantasy with your children. Yeah, So I feel like every parent kind of puts that pressure on themselves of, like, I, I have to create this incredible world with them at all times.
1: But at the same time, the show is genuinely instructive in how the the parents who are admittedly like hyper-idealized parental units give the kids space to yeah. like do their imaginative play, even when it makes like no sense whatsoever. And more importantly, like gives them space to feel their feelings yeah. and like uh, legitimizes those those feelings and helps them name them and work through them, right? Yeah. And it's not like... Uh there's not like an enemy in the episodes it's just no. like uh I feel jealous of my of my sister like I feel jealous that she got to play this thing and I didn't get to play this thing or uh I I regret what I spent my you know allowance on Yeah uh It's Or I feel like I was kind of bullied into making this decision.
0: Oh my gosh, the dance episode is one of my favorites. Yeah, so
1: there's an episode where uh, they're supposed to do something with Bingo, the youngest daughter, uh, and they, they don't end up doing it, and she's very hurt. And so they give her three dance, like... (laughs) <laughs> I forget what they called. But basically it is a, a thing that she can do that will then make one of the family members dance anywhere in public, no matter where they yeah. are. But then the other family members make Bingo use the dance Yeah, tokens, in particular circumstances. In particular circumstances when when Bingo doesn't want to use them then. And then Bingo gets very hurt because it, Bingo feels like, oh, I didn't get to use them the way I did. And everybody else yeah. got to make these decisions for me and I didn't. Uh And that's, like, such a ridiculous episode with a ridiculous premise that explores something that is huge. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A huge concept for children. Uh, And this is, like, when I say it's genuinely instructive, like, this is something that we, like, have to work on all the time. Yeah. Is to, like fight off our instinct to to swoop in and try to solve away like every little problem yeah. that Henry or Gus has when giving those problems just a, giving you know our kids a little bit of space to kind of like feel that stuff and yeah. and figure out on their own like how to how to handle it and just helping them with that process like that's what the show's about that's fully what the show's about and that's in that is an incredibly nuanced
0: yeah thing i will also say in in the tradition of of great shows about kids like there's a lot that goes on with the parent dynamic that you yeah. get to watch and then there's a lot that goes on with kind of the sibling dynamic like yeah. griffin was saying like being the younger sibling or the older sibling and what that means um yeah it's just it's so good it's so
1: good so there are episodes that like the parents aren't in at all that is just about like hyper elaborate imaginative play there's a a great episode called calypso that takes place inside of bluey's preschool and the whole premise for the episode is like these different groups of kids in bluey's preschool are all having pretend play in different ways so like one of them has a fish and chips shop but they don't have any fish for sale and then another one are like roman centurions and then another one is like building a very tiny town and all of these kind of disparate stories come together to like thread into like one narrative. And then there's an episode where like Bluey's in the woods with her friends and trying to play uh, pretend that they own a, a pet shop or a pet supply store. And that's it. And then they argue about who gets to be the clerk and who's the assistant clerk and who's the pet owner and who's the pet yeah. and what's the money. <laughs> uh, in
0: it, seven minutes.
1: In seven minutes, they tell these like pretty, yeah. pretty delightful stories. Uh, it's it's a, it, always a very charming show. It is occasionally an incredibly funny show. Yeah, uh, particularly the 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 dad has received a lot of praise for being, um, you know, not the stereotypical TV dad, which is like not the first time that that mold has been broken on television before. But like, he's always. Ready and available and supportive for the the whole family, and ready to just frankly debase himself. <laughs> uh, there's one where like he kind of gets curt with uh bingo because he's like on a work call and bingo is like trying to get him to come see these dominoes that she set up and then. They all make pretend that fairies have invaded their house and are like braiding everyone's tails and doing all these pranks on them. And the only way to make them go away is for the dad to like strap roller skates onto his hands and do a fairy (laughs) dance around the mailbox (laughs) outside uh, in front of like tons of people. And he does it because he wants to make things up to bingo. Um, But he is so fucking funny. Like that character is hysterical and says great Like, almost defeated stuff all the time.
0: Yeah, I I would say it is one of those kids shows that does not feel specifically for kids. I mean, it clearly is for kids. But I feel like if it were on, like, on a Friday night on network television, like, everybody would still watch it.
1: Absolutely. I wanted to point out my favorite line of the dads is from an episode called The Claw. Uh, where they go to some arcade or something, and the kids lose uh, at a claw machine, and they're really bummed out about it. So when they get home, the dad pretends to be Magic Claw, the living claw machine game. Yeah, and then he starts to like abuse his power and makes the kids like do chores in order <laughs> to earn turns at the claw machine and never actually win anything good. Uh, and at one point, the mom is looking for him, and he says, "I'm not dad. I am Magic Claw. Magic Claw has no children. His days are free and easy. <laughs> it's just magical. It's so good. And it's like I don't know that I've ever seen a show about it uh, like this that is educational, but not in any kind of formal sense. Where yeah. it's not about like reading or addition or anything. Yeah. Like that. It's about like life skills and." Yeah common emotions that are important to know how to process yeah and it does that so well
0: no that's very true it's not oversimplified it's like a very kind of subtle show you know because i would say like shows like sesame street do definitely like talk about emotions it's not like this is the first show but it's done in a way where it, it does it feels kind of sneaky it's just like you're watching these kids play and then all of a sudden at the end of it you're like Oh, I see what they did there. Uh Uh,
1: It's really good. It's all on Disney Plus. I don't know the long, strange journey that it took to get there because it was like commissioned by like the Australian Broadcasting Network. And I think in conjunction with BBC, I want to say, but then like, you know, it has it has set the world ablaze Ooh, and for I good wonder reason, if
0: we'll ever get a bluey film
1: mm, probably there's a bluey stage show that's in development oh,
0: really which, i can't uh, imagine like would they do so much with 7 minutes i can't imagine what they I would know. do with a longer <laughs> form
1: <laughs> yeah um so that's bluey i'm sure there's lots of parents listening to this who are just like hooping and hollering right now because i don't know any i don't know many parents who have watched this show and not fallen deeply deeply in love with it but yeah keep it coming australia doing great work (laughs) just in general just in general you all you all know what you're doing down there (laughs) that's it thank you so much for listening thank you to bowen and augustus for these four theme song money won't pay you can find a link to that in the episode description and um thanks to maximum fun
0: for having us on the maximum fun network i had griffin listen to an episode of stop podcasting yourself so that he would understand my devotion i've
1: listened to stop hi i don't listen to podcasts really at all yeah these these days just because i don't have particularly long drives to make. Yeah. Uh, And when I do, Henry makes me listen to Pokemon rap battles and shit in the car (laughs) and not the stuff I want to listen to. Uh... But yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a phenomenal show. <laughs> it's a it's the it's the bluey of uh, <laughs> it's the, it's Canadian podcasting bluey is what it is. Um, yeah, it's it's a great one. Hey, we're gonna be on tour uh, and we're coming to St. Louis, Kansas City, and Minneapolis this very month, very soon. Yes, this month. This month, uh, when you're hearing this, because it's April first today. Because we're very late. So please come see us, go to uh, m- Family and click on the tour link and just, just come check it out, please. It would be so great to see you. Uh, it's in like a couple weeks that we're going to be in- doing this uh, Midwest tour. So if you live in the Midwest, it would mean a lot if you would come watch us do our show.
0: Griffin, it starts on 420. Does it? How could you not remember that? Yes.
1: Uh, well, okay. Well, that show's going to be weird then because I'm going to be totally toked out on the good, <laughs> wild, green stuff. Wait, that'll be in St. Louis. I don't. Your parents will be there.
0: <laughs> that'll be
1: weird. I truly believe that your your parents know how to party, though, and they're just not. You know, my dad does the same thing. Where he's like, "Party me," yeah. but you know, Clint you McElroy, know, Clint, yeah, with his softball buddies. <laughs> <laughs>